This week on Don't Panic, we talk about the big story, Mt. Gox imploding in upon itself. What does that mean for the future of Bitcoin? We also talk about Apple's car play, Twitch plays Pokemon, uh, some news from Microsoft, and a little Apple rumor trivia. All that and more on tonight's episode of Don't Panic. This is Don't Panic, episode number 36, recorded March 3rd, 2014. On descending Mount Gox, an apple for your car, and everyone plays Pokemon. Yeah, theme music. Nice. We will fade that out. And welcome, everybody, to another exciting edition of Don't Panic. I slowed down a bit there because I was hearing myself in my ear, and I can't think when I do that. Uh, Welcome, everybody. Uh, This is Don't Panic, uh, the ultimate technology podcast on gadgets, the Internet, and you, uh, the show that won the Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay. You may not know this, but the show is based on the novel Push by Sapphire. (laughs) That was a precious joke for all of you topical humorists. Uh, boy, have we got a exciting show for you tonight. Uh, I'm Sean Jennings, joined, as always, by the uh, Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong of technology. That would, of course, be Colby Rabideau and Dan Miller. Um, and I am the third guy who didn't get off the ship, so uh, <laughs> um, whose, whose name no one remembers. Uh, thank you for joining us. Of course, our website, don'tpanic.io, is uh, where it's at for all the information on our iTunes, RSS, uh, Facebook uh, and, of course, all our episodes, audio and video, are posted there as well. Uh, but without further ado, why don't we kick it in and talk about our top story. Yeah. That is our... Nope, that's the wrong button. Okay. So, uh, here's this week's top story. Um, Bitcoin is a thing people claim are real. But uh, this week we learned it isn't entirely real, uh, as Mt. Gox, the uh, enormous Bitcoin exchange, uh, collapsed under its own weight. Uh, The story is that uh, Mt. Gox was hacked for apparently several years unnoticed to the company, and the leak turned into one of the largest bank heists ever. More than one out of every 20 Bitcoins in the world vanished without a trace. Um... Imagine if one out of every $20 in the world was stolen. That's why they're saying they believe this is one of the largest bank heists ever. Roughly 6% of all the Bitcoins in the world were stolen through this. Um, But what's interesting is that uh, this happened over years, and apparently uh, it's very surprising that no audit at all had caught this. Um, As it was going on, it was uh, reported as a very slow leak. Um... So in the ensuing days, Mt. Gox has shut down, filed for bankruptcy protection, um, listing over $64 million in uh, liabilities to the members of the service. And it leaves many uh, of those who had their Bitcoin stored with Mt. Gox asking, where, what happens now? Uh, there is no clear answer. Some people are calling for uh, a bailout, which I don't even know how that works, but they're calling for a bailout. Ah, uh, ah. Wait, really? Yeah, so let me read you what someone else wrote. Calling um, for a bailout, ironically. <laughs> so it says, are these the Dogecoiners? No, there are precedents <laughs> for Bitcoin bailouts, as when the Polish exchange, uh, Bitomat, accidentally erased all its customers' Bitcoins. Mt. Gox bought the company and reimbursed its customers. 
But a bailout would be contrary to Bitcoin's libertarian ethos and doesn't seem necessary. The price has already rebounded, says this article from The Verge. Yeah, I agree. Um, but perhaps the damage done even more so to uh, the members who own these Bitcoins is the damage done to the reputation of Bitcoins, uh, a currency that was already distrusted and considered something that couldn't be taken seriously. And now that a, uh, a relatively simple long-term hack has sucked uh, 6% of the entire currency to someone who still no one knows who it is. Um, what do you guys think? I mean, does this officially... Is this will this impact the long-term possibilities for Bitcoin, or will this be a, a blip on the radar? Uh, well, it might have already been a blip on the radar. If you look at the price of Bitcoin, went from five hundred fifty dollars to seven hundred dollars today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I was I was talking to one of my roommates yesterday, and he was saying that. There, you could also, like, you could buy, like, Gox Bitcoins for, like, some 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 incredibly small fraction of the price of one Bitcoin. Um, because, like, there was some, like, you know, perhaps unlikely chance that Mt. Gox will come back or all those Bitcoins will be recovered, and then they would be worth the same as one regular Bitcoin. That sounds like the uh, mortgage scam when they when they did when they subdivided the mortgage the bad mortgages, and yeah. they didn't know they were bad because they were in all these little bits and they resold them. That's exactly what this sounds like. <laughs> That's horrific. Well, yeah. It is. No, but I think Dan's right. Like, it's probably not going to go anywhere. Though it is a huge deal. Well, it's a huge deal know. to the people whose. No, but I, I I guess it was like a huge like. I don't know, thing that happened, right? Well, here's... <laughs> that was that was spot-on commentary. What I don't understand is, doesn't keeping all of your Bitcoins in a centralized bank defeat the point of a decentralized currency? So, that's exactly what I said, and I also had this... this the following conversation with my roommate... Um, we should have had him on as a guest tonight. He, he, it's not too late. I know. I'll message him. <laughs> um, so what he was saying is that part of, part of the one of the limitations of bitcoins is that transactions have to be approved by like the network essentially. Um, so in waiting for all the the enough people to approve the transaction for it to go through, it can take like. 15 minutes to an hour. It can take a really long time. Oh, no. In which, right. Well, in which case, the, the, because Bitcoin is so volatile, the, the price can change dramatically in, in, that, in even 15 minutes or an hour, right? So, you know, it might, you know, the price could shift like 50 or $100 in that long. Um, so what people do is they, they use a Bitcoin exchange, which... Mount Gox is a Bitcoin exchange. So they put all their Bitcoins in Mount Gox and then within Mount Gox they can exchange them they can exchange them like immediately, right? And and Mount Gox backs the transaction. Um, which I would imagine is sort of the same idea of a stock exchange. Well I don't it's know. it's the same concept behind PayPal, right? 
in in essence, where you can send yeah, money. Right, right. Yeah. Right, and you or or Venmo or any of those like where they hold a balance for you, and when you transfer money to people, it, it can just transfer within the service. Um, so it hasn't physically changed hands. Like PayPal is still holding all that money, but they they are have like guaranteed that money to a certain user. Um, so that's why. That's why you need a Bitcoin exchange, so you can, like, to facilitate transactions. If one in every six Bitcoins was stolen, then does that mean that there was just that much transaction volume, or were people just putting Bitcoins in there and not exchanging them? Um, so I think the... Yeah, so in like like PayPal or something, you can have a balance, right? So you can you most most people like they keep their bitcoins in in the exchange because if you keep them in the exchange, they're they're pretty liquid, right? So it's easy to spend them quickly on something on some you can give them to someone else who who is also in the exchange, basically. Um, so. Yes, and that's why that's I would imagine that like what happened was that they somehow siphoned off bitcoins without from from the, like the the balance of the exchange without Mt. Gox figuring it out. Um, so they had like a, oh, it's, it's office space, <laughs> right? It's yeah, it's exactly office space. So except they, they did it right, I guess, as opposed to office. <laughs> the big question is, I mean, what does this mean to the future of Bitcoin? And I look at Bitcoin and I see really three possibilities for its future, because I can tell the future and narrow it down to that. So the first being this thing completely disappears in a few months and we forget it ever existed. I don't think that's going mm -hmm. to happen. I think that's the least likely scenario. The next scenario is that this becomes a niche currency that certain people use to pay certain other people, whether it's illegal goods or it's more for the tech savvy, but it's really only used in very narrow circumstances. And the third scenario is that, like many Bitcoiners want, is it to replace all currency and become our standard unit of currency and we no longer have physical currency, it's all virtual. I see those as happening. I don't think Mt. Gox damages the niche market, but I do think continuous news like Mt. Gox and all these bad Bitcoin story damage the long-term viability that most Bitcoiners want of Bitcoin becoming a serious, legitimate, worldwide, widely accepted currency. And I just think every single time one of these stories comes out, more I would be so interested to look at a survey of the general public and what they think pro or con of Bitcoin. And I would guarantee it is staggeringly low. Yeah. I, mean, I, th I think it was staggeringly low before, though. Like, I don't <laughs> this think isn't helping. <laughs> but even not understanding it, you can think, I think great of things I don't understand. How does Google work? I don't know. I put in questions and they give me answers. Yeah, How does it work? I don't know, but I love it. You know? So I, you can think positive or negative about things you don't understand, but I don't know. I just, if if people are really serious about making Bitcoin a legitimate currency, they've got to do a better job of securing it, of doing the PR, of just making it seem more legitimate because, like, 
how how could something like this happen and then you expect people to be like, but no, it's a real currency. Like, guys, seriously, it's a real thing. I mean, it is a real currency. It's a, it's a, I think you're, you... Me. The problem's with me, as it usually is. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think you're putting... You're, you're putting a lot more behind the definition of what is a currency than actually makes a currency. Um, also, I think... I think this this aside, Bitcoin is like many years away from ever being anything close to to some sort of global thing, right? Um, so I don't like. I think the this won't be enough to discourage the people who use it now, and I don't think it'll be enough to like discourage the new people who are going to start using it. But I still think we're at the point where the people like the people who are using it are like techish people or like somewhat technically inclined and they're they're early adopters like stuff like this happens once things start new things start and and i mean one of the interesting things about this and the the thing that i think a lot of people like about it is that it's like it's not regulated at all it's it's essentially the wild west Right, which makes it cool and fun, and I don't, I don't think this damages that appeal at all. It's it just proves it, right? Um. So, yeah, I mean, I think it'll be a very long time before Bitcoin is like legitimate in the in the government-backed sense of things, or the the like you could send it at target sense of things um but it i mean it is a currency like it <laughs> you can you can you can exchange it for Bitcoin goods and services off. yeah or money or other currencies i mean it's a like a, a currency is really could be anything right the you know i guess i mean bitcoin's <laughs> proven it i well, I mean, a currency is just—it's just an, an abstraction for worth. Like, if if enough, if two people agree that some one some arbitrary thing is worth something, then it's worth something. But it's I not, guess the there's no like arbiter of what a currency is. I mean, like historically, right? We the currencies we use are government backed. So the the difference between that and Bitcoin is that. The United States government is responsible. It says for every dollar we print out. Well, I don't know. It's not the gold standard anymore. At one point, for every dollar they printed, they had that the equivalent amount in gold. Um, but I don't know what it is now. I don't even want to talk about that because that's way harder than than anything. No, now it's just like Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, but but the U.S. government backs it, right? So nothing with, bad will happen. Nothing. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah. So, but and it, so I read that. I think I recommended this book called Debt uh, a couple months ago. Okay. And in that book, they talk about that idea that most currencies have always been backed by a government. But they discuss a couple mm -hmm. cases where, like when the Roman Empire collapsed, the Roman Empire's currency was still valuable for hundreds of years after there was no government. 
to back it because it was everyone had it, so you could trade like across Europe with it. Right. Uh, but there was no guarantee that you could get anything for it, except that people there's you know this long-standing tradition of getting stuff for it. I guess. I guess, and I, I wanted to put this up on the monitor because I think it's hilarious. <laughs> this is from Zimbabwe, and this is their $100 trillion bill. Because of the rapid rate of inflation, this is worth about $35. US It's a real currency. It's backed by a government. You can exchange it for goods and services. But nobody takes it seriously. It's a joke. If you go to Zimbabwe, they expect you to pay in any other currency but their own because it's ridiculous. This is how I see Bitcoin. Right or wrong, this is what looks like to me a hundred trillion dollar bill. But so doesn't make it any less legitimate. I mean, if a hundred trillion Zimbabwe dollars is thirty U.S. dollars, then that's like one twentieth of that is a Bitcoin. So you need twenty times. You need twenty hundred trillion dollars to buy a Bitcoin. Well, just because a Bitcoin is valuable today doesn't mean, A, it's really worth anything, or B, that it'll be valuable tomorrow. But, Sean, just because $100 trillion Zimbabwe dollars isn't worth anything today doesn't mean that tomorrow it won't be worth $100 trillion Oh, you got me! Dollars. Ah, you <laughs> I, I guess we'll end this discussion like we do all our Bitcoins discussion and say, I, I don't get it. Uh, what the... What the it's it's like some scientist got in a lab and was like, what if I made the most confusing thing possible and then made everyone talk about it? Well, so anyways, to get back to your original question, there are so many currencies besides Bitcoins that operate the exact same way as Bitcoins and just started at a different point in time that I don't know if there will ever be one of these currencies, but I think they'll just... Continue to. There will be so many currencies. There will never be just one. As long as people continue to accept it for goods and services and in exchange for other currencies, it's legit, regardless of amount gox or anything else. That's how currencies work. Uh, all right. Well, I have a surprise. These two guys don't know about this, but what I was going through and doing segment bumpers, I thought let's do something fun. So. A challenge! <laughs> oh, God. That is correct. So, uh, let's transition back to that. So, uh, in, our effort, in our effort to make the show more exciting, uh, I'm going to give these guys a trivia challenge. I <laughs> well, Are you, you saying know, the show wasn't as exciting as it could be? No, I want to make you guys look like fools. So... The way it's going to work is I've come up with a series of trivia questions based around tech. Um, but the, the trick is you two guys have to agree on an answer, and you're playing against me, the house. Make it a little... Because oh. you could just each pick the opposite if it's a you know true or false. So you have to agree, I thought, okay? I thought we were going to have to like buzz in, and I was about to complain because I have way more latency than you. That's, <laughs> I agree. I agree. So I'm going to give you guys... The theme of this week's game is Apple Rumor Roundup. So as Apple hasn't released hardware in 2014, a lot of rumors are flying about what they'll announce this month and into the coming months. So I've come up with five Apple rumors, some of which are true and some of which I made up. 
So it, I'm not saying these will be actual products, but some are actual rumors reported in the news, and some are ones I made up. Okay, and you guys okay. have to tell me true or false on these Apple rumors. Are you ready to play? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. Okay. Rumor one. On the uh, on the next version of macOS, Apple is investigating using gesture control, including a feature that when you get up that when no let me that when you get up to the computer this this doesn't make sense when you get up to the computer uh, it activates uh, gesture control no when you're far away gesture controls work but the camera knows when you get up close and then reactivates the mouse and keyboard is that a true rumor? Well, I know that they um, had the uh, the patents about the gesture control. I don't know about the specifics of it, though. I'm I'm inclined to say it was true, just by from Sean's like stumbling over the rumor. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> it is true, as reported by Wired. That is that social is engineering. <laughs> yeah, I was actually trying to fake you out a little bit. Clearly, uh, I failed. So um, let's oh, move on. Did you do that on purpose. I, well, I, mean, I don't want to talk. You did, you did fake me out. I, yeah. So uh, <laughs> the next rumor. Uh, of course, everyone is expecting Apple to release the next version of Apple TV. This rumor uh, says that Apple's next TV box will include an optional hi-fi system similar to a Sonos that will uh, you'll be able to buy Apple speakers, put them around your home, and they'll be controlled via AirPlay. Is this a true or fake Apple rumor? I will. I'm gonna come out on the fake side because I already have the Airport Express. Yeah, I don't. I I feel like that's not Apple's business. Like, they already sell a bunch of like really expensive third-party speakers, anyways. <laughs> so it, it is, could be maybe, but I don't think so. It is false. I made it up. You guys are good. Um. Nice. Let's see, this rumor, everyone's expecting Apple to release their iWatch or whatever their wearable is. Uh, This rumor says that this iWatch will not only uh, talk to your iPhone and your iPad, but it will also control your whole home, including uh, lights, heating and cooling, uh, and other audiovisual items outside the Apple ecosystem. Controlling things outside the Apple ecosystem doesn't sound very Apple. That's that's true. So true or false? I'm going on false. Um, but Cole, you can dissuade me. I don't know. I don't like. I don't have a good reason. So I guess I'll say false too. It sounds like dumb. It <laughs> is true, as reported uh, by Nine to Five Mac. Damn it. That was a real one. Okay, uh, the next one. Uh, there is a rumor that Apple will include a solar charging display as part of the next iPhone. This is a layer uh, that goes under the glass on the phone that will take the sun's rays and convert it into um, into uh, power for the phone using <laughs> the power of the sun. True or false? I I'm inclined to think like I feel like. A, a long time ago, I saw, like, Mac rumors, stories about patents for stuff like that. So I'm going to say true. Yeah, Unless... I agree, but at the same time, your phone... How often is your phone in direct sunlight? <laughs> yeah, it's in your pants, mostly. <laughs> That's a show title, uh, but... <laughs> it's yeah. in your pants, mostly. <laughs> Uh, what a, yeah, so 
True, true. It is indeed a true rumor from digitaltrends.com. Uh, Apple, uh, there's a rumor going around they're going to start manufacturing those. All right, our final rumor. Uh, apparently, Apple, in their next round of updates for the iPad and iPhone, are investigating a kickstand-like feature built into the phone itself uh, that will somehow, they've got renderings, will somehow fold out uh, from the devices, allowing them to stay propped up because they found consumers... Uh, prefer that. Is that a true or false Apple rumor? False. If it's true, yeah. Steve Jobs <laughs> is, is rolling over in his grave. He's upset. It is indeed it's... false. Yes, so you guys four for five. That's not bad. Nice. And that, uh, I'm proud of us. We'll get better. We'll get better. And that completes our trivia segment. <laughs> All right, very good. Well, uh, thanks for playing along. We're going to move right on now to uh, the other news. All right. That was, that was fun. This is fun. <laughs> We're having fun, right? Um, John's toying with us. I, this is, I'm, I'm, you have no idea how much fun. Uh, so let's move on to some other news. Uh, I'm going to sneeze in about a second, so I apologize. Wait. <laughs> John, just so you know, this is what... No, I'm not going to sneeze. I, I'm sorry. I, was, I got ahead of myself. I know. This is really great, entertaining stuff. I know. I know. Where, where's our Emmy? Um, next year. Webby. Yes, thank you. We could be um, in Jimmy Kimmel's next little gag reel thing. Uh, good. Yes, I'm, I'm sure. That's what this show needs to put us on the map. Um, so, uh, talking about Apple... Uh, they didn't release any hardware, but they did release some software. Apple's newly named CarPlay puts iOS on your dashboard. This was previously announced um, alongside iOS 7. They didn't have a specific name for it, but it was iPhone integration into your car. Uh, they're now calling it CarPlay along the lines of AirPlay. Um, and it's primarily built around the use of Siri voice commands and prompts providing an eyes-free experience where you can respond to calls, dictate text messages, or access your music. Um, is, is that a new term, eyes-free? Did Apple coin that? Well, it's in quotations in this article, so I don't know what that means. It's <laughs> free of eyes. You can wear a blindfold and use I want, it. I want more eyes-free things. You want eyes-free things? Um... Apple Maps are also an integral part of this service. Uh, the first cars to support CarPlay uh, include Ferrari, Mercedes-Benz, and Volvo. They'll be followed in the coming years by Nissan, Jaguar Land Rover, BMW, and General Motors. Um, it is the new version of the software will come as part of an upcoming iOS 7 update, and only iPhones with lightning connectivity are supported so far. Uh, CarPlay will also let you access a number of third-party music streaming apps, including Spotify, Beats Radio, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. A dedicated voice control button will be added to the steering wheel uh, of CarPlay-enabled cars. Um, what do you guys think? Let me uh, throw this up on the monitor behind me so you all can check it out. Uh, any thoughts on CarPlay? Or none? It's <laughs> I nice. mean... It looks nice. I don't drive a car, and if I did, I wouldn't be able to get this for like ten years at least. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> your, your your answer is it doesn't matter. No, no. 
What would be nice would be uh, a, a better UI for when you, like, attach your phone into a stand instead of, like... So I, I do that when I drive. I have one of those little dash clips you put your phone in so I can see Google Maps. Uh, but if I want to, like, switch to my podcast app and go move to a new podcast on a long drive, I, like, go to the home screen, and now everything's this way, so I have to try to navigate it like this, and it's awful. And if it's if it's nighttime, Google Maps does a good job, or maybe it's Apple Maps. I think they both do this on iOS now, where they turn into night mode. Mm-hmm. But then when you open up the home screen, it's like blindingly bright. Uh, so I would like something like that. I don't need car-specific integration. I don't well, want any of the other car-specific integration either. I it's think car-specific. I can't take it with me. Well, the problem with the hardware is that software is a little more flexible than hardware, and they can make legacy phones and new phones work with it, whereas hardware, um, when you change your phone, you're, you're going to run into issues. And I think the other problem is the fact that if you plug your phone in and throw it into the glove box, that's kind of the point. It's supposed to be an eyes-free experience. So having it mounted up where you can see it, I, I believe, kind of defeats the purpose, at least for what they're going for. Um, but the bigger problem I have with this is... I What's just that? Wait, wait, if it's eyes-free, why does it have a Maps icon on it? Or is it supposed to only give you turn-by-turn directions with voice? No, it... It's not that your eyes won't work when you look at it. It will have things on <laughs> Just lasers just shoot right into your retina. Yeah, your eyes just fall out. You just swerve like, off that's the, the eyes-free part. No, you learned uh, learn your lesson that time. The idea is that you can do everything on it by voice, and then if you, there's a passenger or the car is stopped, you can actually look at it and touch it. That's that's the but idea. Really, really, what they meant by eyes free is hands free. Hands free, yeah, basically. You're like eye light. <laughs> maybe know, they like just a... maybe they couldn't say hands free. Maybe that's like copyrighted or Google something. Google owns hands free, so they have to go with eyes free. <laughs> um, yeah. So no, and the the other problem I have is I just not that what any car company builds is any better. I just don't like proprietary systems. So if I buy a Volvo, and then all of a sudden I get an Android phone, I'm screwed. And that sucks, and I hate that. When you get really proprietary. Yeah, yeah. Because Google is also coming out with their alternative with, with is gonna for Android. So the only way any of this is practical is if you had a dual boot car <laughs> that you could choose when you plug in your iPhone it launched CarPlay, and when you plug in your Android phone it would launch uh, when, when I when I install a bootloader on my car, that's when I will have known without a shadow of a doubt that I have lost. It's gone too far. <laughs> well, and that's why Bluetooth was great because it is a somewhat universal standard, and that any phone will connect your car via Bluetooth. And with these proprietary systems, I would be extremely uncomfortable buying a car that had something like CarPlay in it. Because when Apple changed their connect, what if they change their connector again? And now all, all, of a sudden, it, all it really needs is to act like a secondary display and also have Bluetooth. That's kind of what it's doing, except that the secondary display doesn't work for anything that's not iOS. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, if it was just an HDMI target display, they would, it could work with iOS and Android. 
they should do that. But the problem is, who's building that? The car companies, I don't think, want to build this stuff themselves. They'd rather have yeah. Apple do it for them. I'm just preemptively shooting down the argument that we had to make it proprietary because there's no open standard to do what we want. It's called right. an external display in Bluetooth. I 100% agree, and I think the company should do that, but we live in an increasingly proprietary world, so I guess we'll I buy our cars like we buy our phones, Android or yeah. Apple. <laughs> God. Or I Windows do like Dan's phone. Idea for like... Hey, Ford. Ford, Ford does run. Yeah. Although we, you know, we didn't. That was in the rundown last week. We didn't get to it. But Ford wants to abandon Microsoft. They don't like what they've been doing. They're thinking about buying QNX, which is from BlackBerry. But that's another story. I, I've heard that Microsoft Sync is pretty bad. Yeah. Um. But I do like. I like. I agree with Dan's assessment that what we need is not a special display built into the car, but in fact a driving mode on our phones for when it's in in the dock. That's what we need. I agree. And I think Android has this. Or uh, a maybe. car mode, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they do. Absolutely. Google makes a car home screen thing. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah it, it looks like any GPS you've ever had. Big, clear buttons... And then it just shows the map, and then you can do some stuff with voice. Um, yeah, and I will, before we move on, I will mention, uh, way back in the first couple weeks of the show, one of my picks, ProClip, ProClip or ProClips USA, makes my personal favorite uh, phone car mounts. So if you're looking for a car mount, it's a little pricey, but damn, is that thing high quality. <laughs> uh, so that's personal. <laughs> I, I can personally attest that Sean uses his phone a lot in the car. So I, do. I do. I <laughs> do. It's constantly, the first thing I do when I get in the car is it goes in the mount, so it's great. Uh, and you can swap it out if you get a different phone. So uh, Let's yeah. move on. We've got some more news. Uh, Dan, <laughs> tell, me, yeah. tell me about this. Now, I know literally nothing about this. Twitch plays Pokemon. What the hell is that? So this is this fascinating thing that happened over the past few weeks where someone... Have, have you ever used a, a Game Boy emulator on your computer so that you can download and play Game Boy games on your computer? Kind of I like pirating I, games, but, yeah. you know, you don't need a Game Boy. You're pirating the entire system, really. It's just pretty insane. Uh, someone took one of those emulators and the original Pokemon black-and-white game and hooked into it so that he could display, he could stream the screen through Twitch TV, which I guess isn't that hard. You just point it at the window, I'm imagining, and off it goes. Uh, But then he also built some software that hooks into the Twitch TV chat room, and so uh, when the emulator is looking for a command, so like not when there's an animation displaying or when dialogue is scrolling, but when it's waiting for a command, it will pull the first command it gets from the chat room out and do it. So the, in Game Boy, this is like up, down, left, right, A, B, select, start, and that's it. Uh, now what this manifests as, uh, screen share is this maddening stream of stuff. They started playing the second Pokemon game uh, a day, one day, 16 hours, 37 minutes, and 15 seconds ago. And so on the right here, 
somehow he's rendering out the commands that the emulator is getting. So these are all the commands. And this poor guy is just, like, he's not making any sense. He probably has no reason to even be in this house. He's talking to this person. Uh, all these people are trying to control it and get it to the right thing. And Oh, my God, it's happening so fast. Yeah. Uh, so... Goldie? Uh, didn't so it it they finished the first game right? Yeah, they beat the game in by like sixteen days teeth. or something. It took uh fifteen and a half days. Yeah. Uh, nice. There are some fascinating things that happened around this. Uh, so there's this idea of. Uh, democracy and anarchy mode. So in anarchy mode, it it go it does what I said. It looks for the first command when the emulator wants one and just takes it. In democracy mode, there's a 20 second voting period where everyone it tallies up all the commands and then picks the best one. But then you can vote for democracy or anarchy and then it switches in between them. Uh, and then there's this whole subreddit on this where people built up. These uh, this mythology around it. So this thing, I believe. Uh, nope, that's not what it's called. Somewhere. So yeah, there's there's a a Pokemon that. Uh, so when they catch them, they almost always end up giving them nicknames because it's mashing the A button. Uh, and so they end up with just these inane strings of characters, and one of them kind of look like Jesus, so they call it Bird Jesus, and now there's all this artwork in fan fiction around <laughs> all terrible. of these things, and uh, then there's comics about what happened to the ones that they accidentally released, because they couldn't control what was happening on the screen. So now we go over here, and now they're just scrolling through the Pokemon just completely inanely uh, <laughs> But there's something about this that's truly fascinating. I don't, some global experience uh, that a bunch of people are sharing. That is without a doubt my new favorite thing. Yeah. Like ever. And so the crazy, I think one and a half million people participated and nine million people watched Uniques. Uh... So most people are just watching this happen. They just keep it on in the background. They made this it is... out of the house. It's the small victories in this. Like, we made it out of the house. Now we have to get out of this menu so we can keep slowly inching our way towards where we want to go. It's crazy. This... Someone needs to monetize this, because this is like... Twitch TV already did monetize it. This is... No, but like a, like a system where it's just a whole bunch of games constantly being played and you can jump in and out... And, and play along with them, like community playing of video games. Yeah, that's <laughs> my mind is blown. That it's like the ultimate interactive TV. Like yeah. that is awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm really like I'm glad you explained this because I heard about it and I'm like <laughs> I want nothing to do with it. But that's actually and then I like the anarchy versus democracy. It's props to whoever built this because that is really neat. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. There is a thing, I believe they called it Bloody Sunday, 
where during like a lull time, a bunch of trolls came on and released 12 of the Pokemon that they had. <laughs> so then they had to train up all new ones. <laughs> That's um. outstanding. That is that is just, I am... And at any smile. moment, they can go in here and accidentally press the release button. Like... It's nail-biting. That's great. But that's what's great about it. Yeah, days worth of work just gone. And then you get factions against one another, and you just sit and you watch it, and that's... I'm really impressed. That's wonderful. (laughs) Um, Very cool. Twitch plays Pokemon. Um, I wanted to quickly do two back-to-back Microsoft stories, and then we're going to move on to our picks. Um, I've been trying to get these in the rundown, but we, somehow we always run out of time when we get to Microsoft. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know, that's, uh, I'm not going to say it's suspicious, but it is something. Um, so it was uh, leaked to The Verge today about Cortana, which is uh, Microsoft's answer to Siri and Google Now. Um, I'm going to read you some information about it. It's on Windows Phone, uh, although I have to imagine it would eventually come to Windows. Uh, although that's not been announced. Uh, It will uh, allow users to set how they want to be addressed, uh, including nicknames, which will be fun. Uh, A key part of this system, different than other systems, is what they call the notebook, Uh, not like the Nicholas Sparks book slash movie. Um, (laughs) This will allow the Cortana digital assistant to access information such as location data, behaviors, personal information, reminders, and contacts, including tracking flights, mentions, and emails. It's essentially a one-stop shop for allowing Cortana access to all kinds of data, turning it into a Google Now type system where it's a little more predictive um, rather than you just having to ask. It will be backed by data from services including Bing, owned by Microsoft, Foursquare, invested in by Microsoft, and others uh, to give it some of the contextual power of Google Now. Um, It is expected to unveil it at the upcoming Build conference along with Windows Phone 8.1. That's cool. I like the idea of, like, my phone talking to me. Like, instead of a notification, like, what if it just said, hey, Colby, it's going to take you an extra 10 minutes to get home right now, and you're going to hate your life. But, like, <laughs> I mean, I guess there were some times, or some times when that would be weird. I want I want the, the bug in my ear always on, always listening conversational, you know, Jarvis from Iron Man type system. Because at late at yeah. night, I'll be lying in bed and I'll be like, I wish I could just like shout out, okay, Google, and I go, doo, doo, and it goes, who won the 1988 World Series? And then it would just tell me. Like, I want that. And then yeah. when my alarm goes off, Sean, you really need to get up. If you don't get up now, you won't have time to shower and get to class. Like, I want that. Why doesn't that, like, come on, society, let's do that. I also, like, I wish the, the OK Google Now on my, god damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Well. That was too good. Oh, man. It works really well. I wish it were more, like, I feel like that phrase quote unquote, which I cannot speak because we'll activate <laughs> the phrase that must not be spoken. Uh, you should say ogly dogly Google now. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I mean, I was thinking, like, I wish it was more conversational. I Like, I want to say, like, hey, Google, or something, not okay, Google now. <laughs> I did it again. Nice. I, I did want to quickly pull this up because uh, back over the summer, a list of alternate phrases was uh, uh, yeah. came out in an email uh, including, hear me now, listen up, glass, go, go, glass, clap on, <laughs> device, please, three, two, one, and pew, pew, pew. <laughs> yep, so we'll just have to live with OK Google now. I was now. thinking about... So you do do there's like a a configuration thing so it, it you say you say the phrase three times and and it like recognize it learns to like be, it's ta- it tailors itself to your voice or whatever um, but I was thinking of trying to like say hey Google now instead and see if it would work but I don't know I haven't tried it yet I'll do it I'll do it nope. tonight after the show you'll have to report, report back it. yeah. It's like it's like hey Kool Aid, but it's you know hey Google now. Um, let's talk uh, our last Microsoft story: Xbox, uh, Xbox Live. Uh, a recent job posting by Microsoft has given hint that Xbox Live may be coming to an Android or iOS device uh, soon. Uh, the quote from the job listing says. We will create a modern framework that is open source, lightweight, extensible, and scalable across various platforms, including Windows Store, Windows Phone, iOS, and Android. Uh, This was posted uh, in relation to Xbox. Um, In its current state, uh, being part of the Xbox Live community requires certification and permission from Microsoft, but in the future, the company is planning to have fewer restrictions and better tools for game developers um, to win back some that were uh, lost to PlayStation. So uh, nothing to announce quite yet, but it is interesting, this job posting that. Uh, things like uh, achievements. Uh, they don't do Microsoft points anymore, right? Achievements and uh, syncing and your friends and all that. Uh, similar to how uh, Google Play, uh, Game Service, and then Game Center, uh, except it will potentially be across all devices. So cool. I don't. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure I understand. Like, what is the point, though? Do you like download games in the thing on your iPhone, or is it just like a a window into your Xbox Live? I think it's no. What I think it is, I think it's like an API for developers to integrate into their apps. Oh. Oh. So you can do like. Like, so it can um, sync with your and save achievements, achievements and, yeah. and things. I see. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Cool. Yeah. I didn't understand it all. No, that now I understand. The internet, right? How does it work? Um, Computers. Very good. Well, if that wraps up our news, I get to use my last bumper. Picks up the week. You know, also, I do I do just want to point out very quickly that uh, I was so excited for the trivia, I forgot I had trivia sound effects. So we'll get oh, to use no. these. We'll get to use these next week, but I had the correct effect, which was... Uh, and then I had, if you, if you were wrong... Uh, and then I so had... Much, makes it feel so much worse. And then if you won... You heard that. The, 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 the Yodel music. And then if you lost... Ooh. Thank Arsh, you. Sean, can you 
Can we see this mixer thing that you, you're doing all this stuff on? Yeah, so actually, I should make this my pick. Maybe I will next week. I, I'm trying it for literally the first time tonight. It's a, it's a product called X-Split. X-S-P-L-I-T. Uh, let me throw out the screen share here. Uh, X-Split Broadcaster. This will totally crash the hell out of it. But uh, So you should be able to see Ooh. now... Yeah, so I have, it's neat, I have these little buttons down here, and I've programmed each of them. You can do it with a camera, with a graphic, video, audio, image, Skype call, uh, game streaming. It's really neat. Um, and then what I can do is I can click on one of these, and it'll start showing the graphic, and then I've programmed it to play the certain music. So I can click when you're correct, I just click correct, and it plays the right sound. So, um it's really lightweight, which is excellent, because the old software I was using was so big that it just slowed down the computer to hell. Um, and it's excellent. So I'm on the free trial now. I think I'm going to end up paying for it. It's really not expensive. It's something like $30 a year, which for the amount I'd use it is not outrageous. And it works so far really well. I'm going to keep playing with it. but um, That's pretty reasonable. So, so far, That's so less good. Than our yeah, so it's it's XSplit uh, Broadcaster. So there you go. That that's been fun. So I'm gonna keep playing with that. That's great. I love it. Uh, all right. So let's, as the graphics said, let's move into our picks of the week. Um, and I think Dan should go first. All right. Sounds think. good. Yeah, because you, I think you went last last week. So I think it's Dan. You should show us what's going on. All right. Can you see my desktop? Yes. All right, so I picked this thing for OS X called the iStat menus. <coughs> and basically what this does is you it adds these things at the top here. Uh, so you can see, like, how much of my hard drive is used, how much CPU am I using, what's the temperature of my computer, up and down internet speed, memory usage. But then if you click on it, you get crazy detailed statistics. Uh, the hard drive isn't that interesting, but you do see, like, writes per second. Uh, CPU, you get user system, you get the top uh, processes. Uh, it also shows you your video card if you have one, and the load average over the past however many days. Oh, then you can, yeah, you can pop over these graphs and see last hour, last 24 mm -hmm. hours, and last seven days. It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, you can see the, the, uh, the temperatures of all your sensors. And then if you mouse over them, you can see the, again, the last hour, last 24 hours, last seven days of those things. Uh, and, like, how fast the fans are spinning everything. Here's Wi-Fi, uh, all your various uh, Internet connections, memory. So not really useful, but if you like to see that kind of thing... I had gone without... I used to use Linux exclusively, and I was like... I would, like, go berserk with all that stuff. I'd modify my background to be, like, graphs of my system and things. And then I was like, I'm on OS X. I should just keep things simple. But I like seeing it, uh, especially if you're ever just using your computer and then it's like uh, something slows down. You're like, why did that just slow down? You can just like go up here and say, oh, well, it was a lot of CPU usage. Oh, it was a lot of memory usage. Or, oh, the graphics card just like totally took a hit there. Uh, so, yeah, my pick is iStat Menus. There's a free 30-day trial, but it costs some amount of money. 
$16. Says the website. Uh, I have a question. Yeah. Do, do you see this, uh, does this affect your computer's performance at all, have you seen, or does this run pretty smooth? It doesn't seem to. Uh, I imagine it's not zero cost, but I think with today's computers, that's close to zero cost. Even on a MacBook Air, I wouldn't be afraid to run it. Because as a you Windows also... user, I've done stats things before like this, and they mm -hmm. tend to show a difference, and I didn't know if that was the case with this, but I'm glad to hear it's, uh, yeah. it's not, because that's neat. You can also customize, I forget how to do it, uh, but you can add more of these, you can change what's in them, you can do pretty much anything uh, to customize it. So if you only want specific things, you could probably cut down on the power usage by customizing what actually gets shown. Very cool. That is uh, iStat menus, uh, and you can get that in the... Uh, is it, That's an application store, correct? I don't think it is. Oh, it's not. Okay, I could be... Yeah. Maybe it is. Uh... It doesn't seem to be. Yeah, because you can't do free trials in the App Store. Womp yep. womp. No, you're right. So you can buy it through their website, uh, bjango.com uh, is the company, and you can just look for iStat menus. Neat. Uh, yeah, Colby. I, 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 looked, I looked at that in the doc before, and I didn't think I needed it, but maybe I do. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. It's weird. It's kind of addicting, and like, if you're a numbers and graphs kind of person, it... I like it. Nice. Nice. Uh, I don't... Is this the right URL? Did I type that in wrong? Mine worked. It... Oh yeah, I guess it is. I didn't realize that had an e at the end. It's this. It's Moleskine. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so in any case, I mean, the last few weeks I've been taking like this online design class thingy because uh, I was bored. Um, but I'll I'll probably this is the last week, so I might pick or at least talk about that on the show. Uh, at some point in the next week or two. But to start the class, they sent us, like, like a little care package to get get us started. And they, they sent us some book about design, and, like, they also sent, like, stickers for the thing. But then they sent, like, they sent us a moleskin notebook and also this, like, fancy art pen to, like, write in it with. And it's just a, like... I mean, it's just a notebook. It's, like, not even lined. It's just paper. Um, and I've never felt, like, writing on this paper with that pen, I it feels so good. <laughs> like, it just feels amazing. Uh, and I've been using it a lot, and it's it's really nice. And it's, so one of the things about doing using the pen is that, like, you if you do something wrong, you're stuck with it, so you just move on when you do something wrong. And, like, like if you're, like, sketching things or brainstorming or something, there is zero temptation to make anything perfect because you literally can't, because you can't erase it. Mm. Um, so it's been pretty sweet. 
And I, I would recommend that you give it a shot because I'm not, not someone who likes to take notes or, like, brainstorm on paper, really. But it's very satisfying to, to write on it. It feels really good. And, like, it feels better than doing it on a computer. And it doesn't, like, the convenience of doing it on a computer, well... I think there's a convenience to doing it on paper and a convenience to doing it on a computer. And, like, the niceness of this outweighs the convenience of the computer. Or, yeah. It's great. Try it. Just <laughs> do it. Uh, yeah, that's uh, Moleskin. Very, very cool. Nice. And this pen is like a, a, a Pigma Micron. I don't know. It's like an art pen. Sounds fancy. My computer. <laughs> All right. Uh, I will wrap up uh, the picks for today. Um, so how many of you guys are familiar with a site called Kickstarter? You, heard, you ever heard of that? This, this week, yeah. I think, they, they passed a billion dollars in worth of funded oh, really? stuff. I just got that email today. Which sounds ridiculous, but... <laughs> What's interesting about that is, if you think about it, Kickstarter is for a specific <coughs> project, right? It could be a movie, it could be a product, and once you funded it, you're done, and you get whatever you ordered, and then that's it. But what about things that are ongoing? Things like comics, or uh, magazines, or podcasts, or uh, music, uh, any of these things that continue over time, how do you fund things like that? Brand new website. I think it's super neat, uh, and it's called Patreon. Uh, let me share this. Um, so it's patreon.com is the website, and what's really cool, I think anyway, uh, about it is as a creator, you can go on and uh, create a page for whatever your artsy project is, and then you have options with how it gets funded. And very similar to Kickstarter, uh, a patron can donate by episode or by comic or by monthly or yearly. And in exchange, there are different levels and you unlock rewards. So uh, I found one or an example of a uh, Patreon I liked earlier. This is for a podcast called The Morning Stream, which is very popular. Uh, they ask people to donate <coughs> per month, and they've already reached over $5,000 a month. <laughs> But what's interesting is they have uh, goals, and the more they earn, you unlock goals, very similar to Kickstarter. Um, and also, for each pledge, you get certain rewards. Again, similar to Kickstarter. The main difference being this is ongoing. Every month, Patreon is going to bill these people, and they're going to continue to get these rewards over time. It's an interesting way to support independent artists, uh, like Don't Panic, for example, Um Maybe when we get some fans, we'll try a Patreon. Who knows? But uh, mm -hmm. what's wonderful is that this is a great way to get people excited to share content um, and to get it paid for, which is really difficult to do using current systems. So um, cool for creators, and it's a really neat place um, to find new and interesting. Zach Wienersmith is actually a great comic. If you've ever read uh, SMBC, he's doing... Um, he does one for a month's worth of comics uh, that he posts only to Patreon. So it's a it's a cool concept. Uh, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com is the uh, 
website for that. Check it out. You never know. You might find an artist on there. You uh, you get psyched up to support. That looks cool. Very good. Well, uh, that it would appear uh, wraps up our uh, episode. Unless you guys have anything else. Uh, <laughs> in that case um, no wonderful well we thank all of you wonderful viewers for joining us tonight I think we had an outstanding show as always some good discussions uh, of course get all of that delicious don't panic goodness at our website don'tpanic.io it's beautiful those guys built it so you should definitely check it out uh, tell your friends all of our information is there iTunes, RSS, Facebook and all of the episodes um, but definitely subscribe because it's the best way to get our episodes on demand as they become available. Um, we thank everyone so much for watching. We'll be back next week with even more technology news uh, and whatever happens uh, and maybe some even more annoying bumpers in music. But until then, uh, on behalf of Colby and Dan, uh, I will wish everybody a wonderful good night. See you next week. Later. Whoop, whoop. I'm trying to dance, but my frame isn't big enough. <laughs> uh, wonderful. Our